God, we're so grateful for Jesus. We're thankful for the chance this spring to be just slowly walking through what John records of his final days. And um, God, we're struck by all that the Son of God decided to go through on our behalf. Lord, pray as we walk through this passage and examine it together. That we'll be reminded of how deep your love is for us. How aware you are of our affliction. And that you're in control. For that we're grateful, God. Bless this time, Lord. May your Holy Spirit be here. May the preaching of your word be an honor to your name. In Jesus we pray. Amen. So John chapter 19 verses 1 to 16. I'm going to approach this a little differently because uh, it's just a different kind of week for me. So uh, <laughs> you get to enjoy this uh, with me. Um, three things that we see in the passage about Jesus. Jesus is a man. Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus is king. As we go through these verses, um, the circumstances aren't going to seem that any of those things are true. But that's truly what they're saying. Verses 1 to 5, Jesus the man. Verse 1, Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. As we understand it, Jesus actually went through two floggings. This uh, is the lesser of the floggings. It's just a mere whipping, uh, you know, and uh, humiliation, really, uh, to the person being flogged. There's actually three levels of Roman flogging that you can go through, and this is the, the, the easy one just for a common, uh, common perpetrator of offense. And so Jesus, uh, Pilate takes Jesus here and, and flogs him. Now, um, You'll remember that uh, just before this, um, Pilate has offered to the people that Barabbas, a, a robber, actually a terrorist, uh, actually a murderer, uh, that, that he ought to be released in the place of Jesus. And Pilate is struggling with why this is the case, why they would choose Barabbas, the insurrectionist, over Jesus, whom he cannot find any fault. And uh, And so... Pilate here takes Jesus and flogs him, and, and we think what he's doing here is really just trying to appease the crowd with some sort of punishment on Jesus so that maybe they actually will go ahead and, and release him. Pilate takes Jesus and, and flogs him. And um, at this point, we think Jesus is sort of behind a wall, sort of in, in uh, Pilate's quarters where the crowd isn't seeing him, but they take him back, they flog him, uh, and then the soldiers that are there they take a twisted crown of thorns. Soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and they put it on his head. Don't imagine that this is like gently set, right? They, they jammed it on his head. They're, they're 
intentionally scraping him with these thorns. And they arrayed him in a purple robe. And they came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with his hands. The soldiers here are just absolutely mocking him. Because the charge that the people had brought against Jesus was that he claimed to be king. That's the charge they were laying on him was that, that he was saying he was king of Israel. So they say, oh, you're king of Israel. How about we give you a crown? How about we give you a robe? How about we see if the king can defend himself? And they strike him with their hands. So after this has happened, this initial, this minor flogging, um, Pilate goes out again to the crowd and says to them, uh, see, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. And they bring Jesus out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold, the man. The accusation against Jesus was that he was claiming to be king of Israel. And Pilate is fundamentally saying to the crowd, this is no king. This is just a man who can't even defend himself. He's no threat to anybody. We've demonstrated that by what we've just done to him. No one is rising up for him. No one is defending him. Behold, the man. Jesus is a man. And this is what John starts out his book saying about the man. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, and all that all might believe through him. He wasn't the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens the world, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as the, one, as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Behold the man. From the outset of creation, Jesus knows that this is what he is setting out to do, that his love goes this far, so much so that he would be made a mockery of 
on a stage in front of his own people and a people that think they have authority over them, over him. Pilate boldly, behold, he is just a man. Jesus, the man. He's more than a man. He is the Son of God. Verses 6 to 11 of chapter, chapter 19. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they're not appeased. This, this mockery, this uh, demonstration that Pilate has made of Jesus, the man, is not enough for them. So Judas's attempt, or Pilate's attempt has failed and, and um, the chief priests and officers see him and they cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate says to them, take him yourself and crucify him for I find no guilt in him. And the Jews answer him, we have a law and according to that law he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid. See, back and forth, the responsibility for what is going on is handed. Pilate's trying to wash his hands of this and get rid of Jesus and move forward. And the chief priests and the the leaders are um, not satisfied. They want this man to die. And it is at this point where they reveal their true accusation and their true offense of Jesus. Because before, up until this point, they've been telling Pilate that he's made himself out to be the king of Israel. That's who he's claiming to be, is, is the king of Israel. He's opposing Caesar. He is a zealot. He is uh, claiming to be king. And now um, they take it a step further. The Jews tell Pilate, of their law, that the law says that anyone who um, blasphemes in this way, who would claim to be the Son of God, he ought to die. Pilate is even more afraid. The Romans uh, were a people that, you know, believed in supernatural things. And so, as Pilate has been interacting with Jesus, this isn't your typical person, right? It, just in the previous passage, he asked him, uh, are you a king? And Jesus has told him, oh, well, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. I mean, the boldness with which Jesus has responded to Pilate in this has probably already been a bit shaking to him as he tries to save his hide uh, by, by taking care of this situation so that some riot doesn't occur. But now when the Jews come forward and say, actually, by the way, the charge we really have against him, the real offense that we have against him is not that he is a puppet king or trying to be made king, but it's actually that he's claiming to be the son of God. And Pilate is more afraid, and he goes back into his headquarters, verse 9. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? (laughs) 
Jesus gives no answer. So Pilate says to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you? And I have the authority to crucify you. He's trying to lay it out real plainly for this man, right? Don't you know I'm the authority here and I can crucify you? Don't you? I could release you if I want to. If I say it, I could release you. Or I could crucify you. Where are you from? Jesus answers him. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Can you imagine being Pilate here? What is this guy saying? Pilate, I think, is uh, perceptive that something beyond him is happening because what we see is that his desire from then on is to release Jesus. I, I think when it says Pilate became more afraid, he literally is afraid of the scenario. He does not have any good option here. It's a lose, lose, lose situation for Pilate. Release him, risk of riot. Crucify him, is this guy really have a kingdom that's bigger than our kingdom? I mean, I think Pilate is stuck. Because <laughs> the truth is, Jesus' claim to be the Son of God is true. We've seen it all throughout the book of John. I mean, the, the claim that the priests are bringing against him you know, it is what he has said of himself. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. He is the one who comes uh, as a sacrifice for the Father's love, not bringing condemnation to the world, but rather to save the world. He is the one lifted up as Moses lifted up the servant in the desert. He is the Son of God. The claim is not inaccurate. The claim is absolutely true. He is the Son of God. Jesus the King. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man... You are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. See, Pilate is no good option. His option, really what he wants to do, is release Jesus because he thinks he's no threat to the kingdom. He thinks he might be divine, and if he's not divine, he might be a lunatic. That's all he really thinks of the man Jesus. 
And so he wants to release him. We can't do that either. Because the entire crowd is crying out. If you want to release him, you're opposing Caesar. As we know and understand, Pilate is not in a great position. Uh, Being the governor over Judea isn't exactly the highest status in the Roman Empire. Most likely one he did not choose. Most likely one that was forced upon him. So he doesn't really want to upset Rome. It's not really in the cards for him to poke at that. So the leaders have him where they want him, and they say, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. It's this moment, verse 13. Pilate hears these words and brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement. And here there's one last chance. The day of preparation, right before Sabbath, during the week of Passover, at the sixth hour of the day, Pilate says to the Jews, Behold your king. Will anyone in the crowd respond and say, He is my king? Will anyone in the crowd rise up and defend this man and come to his aid? None. Instead, they cry out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate, one more time, says to them, verse 15, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answer, We have no king but Caesar. And they delivered him over to be crucified. When he's delivered over to be crucified, our understanding is that's when an individual receives the steepest flogging uh, that one could receive in the Roman Empire. A flogging such that uh, basically the Roman centurions um, would not stop until they got tired. And as soon as the centurion got tired, then they would switch to another centurion and continue the flogging as one is nailed to the stake. They deliver him over to be crucified. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God 
who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Jesus came as a man. There could not be any more uh, better representation of his human nature in this earth than his taking on of the floggings and mockery at the stake before the chief priest, his own people, and the Roman authority. He came and experienced all that a man could possibly experience. But praise be to God, He isn't just a man, He's the Son of God, and He is our King. See, as we talked about some uh, at Bible study this past week, everything about this, as you read through chapter 19, on the surface, it seems like the only man not in control is the man being judged and accused But the truth of the matter is the only one in control is the man being accused and flogged. The chief priests are protecting their power. Pilate is protecting his life and livelihood. They are all posturing themselves as though they are controlling these proceedings, but there is only one man in control. It is Jesus, the Son of God, who is willingly going through all of this that we might receive grace upon grace. When the Word became flesh, this is what He came for, that He might be lifted up that we might know our true king. So as we go from this, I would challenge us to remember who it is we're serving. This king is the king we're serving. The the king who did not consider anything of this life to be of value that he was seeking after, but rather laid down his life that we might be restored to God the Father. It It would challenge us as we look at our lives to examine it through this cross, through through Jesus giving himself for us and and say, is my profession one that um, is serving Jesus, this king, who gave his life and his talents and his abilities for this kingdom that is above the world? Am I leading my family in in a way that serves this king, this king who came and took mockery and blame and accusation
Am I loving my friends and my enemies as, as this king would love them? As one who would give their lives, give his life for someone who hates him? Give his life for a people who has rejected him? It is such a beautiful thing that Jesus came and experienced life the way we see it and, and the way we feel it and knows the deepest and hardest struggles that we go through because he is a high priest that understands what we're going through. And he's also a high priest who provides the very sacrifice that makes us clean and brings us back to our Father, our Creator. So I challenge you and I challenge myself that we would serve this king. <clears throat> that would live <clears throat> as subjects of the king whose kingdom is above this world. The king whose kingdom is not of this earth. We would not seek the pleasing of man, but we would seek the pleasure of our Lord. Jesus, the King. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for what you've done for us, and we're grateful for the chance to slowly walk through all that you went through for us, and I'm just reminded anew of how great a sacrifice you made on our behalf. And Lord, I'm humbled that that's what it took That's what it took to pay for my sin. So God, we confess we're broken and in need of you. And we pray, Lord, that we would serve your, you as king this week, that whatever we're walking through, whatever opportunities are before us, whatever um, challenges are in our way, God, they would serve no other king but King Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. In his name we pray. Amen.